Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm pleased to have Marianne Hughes as my guest today. Marianne is the proud mother of two sons on opposite ends of the autism spectrum. After her divorce, where she successfully advocated for her children's needs, she started Special Family Transitions to help families navigate the overwhelm and complexities of special needs divorce to get the best possible outcome with as little time, money, and stress as possible. Combining her experience and certifications as a certified divorce specialist, life coach, member of the National Association of Divorce Professionals, Lone Star Lend Fellow, MBA, and years of special needs advocacy, Marianne is committed to help guide families that have loved ones with disabilities through the challenges of divorce. Welcome, Marianne, and thank you so much for taking time to join me today to discuss navigating divorce and achieving the best possible outcome. Well, thank you so much, Gilda. It's a pleasure to be here today on your show. I hope we can reach some people who might uh, need this knowledge to help them out in their divorce challenges. Absolutely. So to begin with, tell us about your story and why you started Special Family Transitions. Sure. So I'm a mom, as you mentioned, of two boys on the autism spectrum, now young adults. And when I was uh, married 21 years, I was unexpectedly faced with divorce. So it's not something I was, you know, definitely by any means planning for or saw on the horizon. Just one day kind of fell into my lap and I had to figure out what to do. And throughout my raising my kids, they always came first and everything I did was for them. And so I took the same approach to my divorce to try to figure out really what I need to do to come up with the best result for my children in the short term and the long term. And I will say that, um, especially as moms, sometimes we do put ourselves last, but I learned through the process to um, put ourselves at least where our kids are to focus on our needs and our self-care. And that was a big part of what got me through the process. But through my learnings and through my experience, it was such a long kind of taxing, very stressful process and very uh, expensive as well because of the time it took and everything that was involved. I decided that really families should have to go through all this effort and recreate the wheel every time. And that's why inspired me to create special family transitions to help other families who find themselves in the same position or other, uh, maybe maybe they're wanting a divorce or whatever the situation is, just whenever you have divorce and have special needs to look after and to care for and plan for in the future, what are the kind of steps you need to consider as you're going through the journey? Well, that's so true, isn't it? That we often, as mothers, put ourselves last and end up paying the price for that. And I'm very happy to hear you say that it really is important to focus on self-care, especially under these kinds of circumstances when you're facing so much stress and, and overwhelm from going through a divorce process. So then how does someone begin to get through that kind of overwhelm when facing a divorce if their child is neurodiverse or disabled? Well, the first step I would say is to kind of just slow down and kind of 
examine your situation because you want to not rush into anything. A lot of people don't know much about divorce anyway, but when there's a special needs divorce, there's so many other aspects to consider and to learn about and to find experts who can help you through that process. So for one, like you said, you know, you got to have the self-care aspect, make sure that you're in a good position and um, in a good frame of mind to have rational discussions about divorce. So it is a very emotional subject. There's a lot going on that impacts you and the whole family, especially your kids um, now and, and how they might react and, and what they need to help them get through it in terms of the emotional aspect, as well as meeting their financial and other needs. But you want to just take your time, find an attorney who is knowledgeable in that area, maybe a special needs financial planner, and surround yourself with a team of people. Like myself, I didn't know that there was such a thing in the past, but as a, you know, as a coach or somebody, um, or just even a support network, friends, family, who you can talk to, to uh, find out about what's out there. There's a lot of resources, you know, for instance, your podcast and other resources on Facebook and other, other ways that you can find information about what it might take for special needs divorce. There's estate planning attorneys that have to be involved to build, uh, to set up trust and so on. So not to overwhelm anybody even more than they probably already are, but there's so many different things to consider. Um, and so we want to get past the emotion of divorce, to kind of the business of divorce. What is it going to take to make sure that your kids have what they need in the future. And that's what took me the longest time really is to figure out what options were out there for my kids in terms of um, what supports they would need, the programs they could go to, how much they would cost. So I could know what would be a reasonable type of child support or, or agreement that we could come to so that the, the kids' needs would be met in the future. So let's say you've got your team together. That's the first thing. And you're facing, unfortunately, a divorce. You've got your team together. So what are some of the important things? Let's say the top three or four or five things to keep in mind and consider now that you've got your team together and you're actually beginning the process. Right. So a lot of people don't know that when you have a special needs child and it differs state to state, is that they can be eligible for child support past the age of 18. So in Texas, for instance, where I am, if you uh, prove that the child has a disability and they're not capable of self-support now or in the future possibly, then you might be entitled to indefinite child support, which means lifelong. Some states may go till 26, and then sometimes a case-by-case basis, and sometimes you have to prove the disability or show that that actually exists and that would impair their ability to be um, dependent in the future. And sometimes it's hard to know that right now, but I would suggest if you have a disability, go with that, and then you can always modify later. It's better to prove it now, show the needs now, and if for some reason things need to change, there's always modifications that can happen in the future. But for right now, make sure that your attorneys are taking the special needs aspects into account in the divorce. And another reason for that that is important as they're writing the divorce decree there's really specific language that needs to be in there to protect the child so that they'll be eligible for their benefits uh, either now or in the future. As they turn 18, um, there's certain things that come into play. And if you have certain benefits, you can't have more than a certain amount um, of assets for the child in their name. And so you might have to set up, I guess, a, a first party trust where the child support money might need to go so that it's not shown as the child's money, but more um, uh, protected so that 
they can still receive benefits in the future. Yes, I've heard about the trust and also um, ABLE accounts now that are available in a lot of states. Um, in most oh, I, states, I think. For sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You can sign up for an ABLE account. Really, it doesn't matter which state it's it, uh, generated from. And so the ABLE account is also a good alternative. Um, well, I don't say it's alternative because you still want to have a, some other ways of protecting. But there's also a third-party trust you want to consider in terms of having that being a beneficiary of, say, life insurance, which is also a means you can use to fund the child's needs in the future, um, also for other types of inheritance. So that the, the, the point is you don't ever want the money to be um, directly paid to the child and have the money in the child's name than to then disqualify them for benefits in the future. Those are all really excellent suggestions, Marianne. So then tell me, what are some ways that you would suggest to support the kids while all this is happening? Well, that's a great question. That was really my driving factor is how am I going to take care of my kids? How am I going to protect them and take care of them and have them cope with the changes going on? Because as you know, children with autism have a really hard time with change, especially something that may be sudden, or even if it's not, you know, living apart from their parents, not having them live together and from going from house to house, if that's the case, that could be very traumatic for children on the spectrum. And so what I would suggest is if, as much as you can, prepare the child. If you know the divorce is coming, kind of let talk about that. If, even if it's not something that is in your horizon, then do what you can to help them cope with that. So if the child is able to um, if it has the language skills and the cognitive skills to, to have sessions with a therapist or counselor, I highly recommend that. But a lot of cases, like one of my sons, that's not the case. They're not able to meet with a professional like that. And so it comes down to the parents really to provide that support. And so what I did for my kids, and I highly recommend, and other professionals also recommend this, is doing a social story like we do for so many other things we do for our kids with autism, from brushing teeth, traveling. Well, this is another type of change that we need to prepare them for. And so one way of doing that is through a social story with pictures, and it can be done at their level, if, they're, uh, if they can read or not, with pecs or with you know, actual photographs or text, whatever, whatever your child's level may be, to kind of explain what's happening, reassure them that they are loved and supported, and that um, show them if you know what the schedule is going to be, what the new place looks like that they might be visiting. Kind of talk about that and make it a supportive environment. Also, you know, even though it's hard, uh, you don't want to speak neg negatively about the other spouse, about the other partner, because that's still their parent. And if you talk bad about somebody else, the child's going to see that as a reflection on them as well, because they're half mom, half dad, and they're going to definitely... Um, have, you know, have some concerns if, if they hear the negativity and other things going on in the house. So definitely as much as you can, try to keep it positive, keep the kids out of any discussions or arguments or whatever the case may be, and just do what you can to provide as much stability to the child as you can. Um, one idea is to do a, a calendar that you would have in each home and has a similar things on there. So they see when am I with mom? When am I with dad? And have maybe duplicates of each item at each house so that they have that, that comfort um, item and kind of know that they're safe wherever they are. I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I think that those are some really excellent suggestions and ways to, to help the child cope, help them understand, and help smooth that transition process as much as possible, as difficult as it is and, and certainly as it can be. Um, so 
if a parent calls you and says, you know, this is the situation I'm in, this is what I'm happening. Do you want to go over maybe a few of the things that you might be able to make available to that parent or help them with in terms of specifics in the process? Sure. So when I work with my clients, it's really a case-by-case basis in terms of what they need. So um, sometimes they come to me at the very beginning um, when they're trying to figure out what to do, what to plan for, and how to best position things as, as we're talking about now. Sometimes they're in a high conflict situation and they're in a position where they have to um, show to the other party who's not being agreeable for whatever reason as to what the child's needs are. Sometimes one parent is a primary caretaker and other parent may not realize or understand what it takes um, for that, that child to have what they need to be successful now and in the future. So as much as you can involve the other parent in terms of the child's disability, what the needs are, what the needs may be going forward so that they can buy in. Because if if you put the child first and put the child as the center of the divorce, as opposed to having the parents fight over each other, I think you're going to come out with a better result and less conflict and hopefully have a smoother, shorter, less expensive process that then will result in everybody being happier and can and go on with their with their lives with with the new with their new normal. I mean, granted, it's going to be a change for everybody, and it's hard. I'm not saying divorce is easy by any means, but there's ways to make it um, kind of want to use a positive. Not that divorce is a, well, it can be depending on the situation, but but you want to try to make it as 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 a positive experience as you can for all the parties involved. So let's say that someone is in need. How can they reach you if they have questions and if they want to know more about your services? Sure. So all my social media, including my website, is Special Family Transitions. So my website is www.specialfamilytransitions.com, all one word. And they can also search for that for my uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of different ways. And so, um, yeah, those are the links on my website to email me, to reach my other platforms. And so definitely they reach out. And I do have lots of videos um, about, you know, things to consider and, and some things that we talk about in more depth, and as well as some links I have to a project that was involved in with one of my organizations where we did a treatment project and we brought in some mental health professionals to talk about how, to, how parents can support their kids through the special needs divorce process. And so that to me is a real valuable thing that we did for the community. And I'd love for the people to um, access that and learn some more tips as to how to best support the kids. Because once again, that's what we're most concerned about, their well-being as well as their future and how can we do this in a fashion that's going to uh, help them um, grow to their potential. Oh, definitely. And by the way, you are located in Texas, correct? I um, am. Now, what if somebody is in another state? Can you still help them? I can for sure because all these things are really universal in terms of some of the things you want to think about in divorce. Um, some of the laws may be different. So definitely going to have a lawyer uh, assist you that knows the laws of your state. And I'm not here to give legal advice by any means, but it's here to kind of help support you, organize you, emotionally support you, um, to do some logistics with you, get you ready for your lawyer meetings or other ways that you might approach your divorce so that you can um, spend less time worrying and more time actually taking care of what you need to do to get a good result in your divorce. 
Well, thank you, Marianne, for your time and for sharing some very important information with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.